all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. I gotcha. You did. One. Yes, you did. <laughs> Having to think of new and inventive ways to make you laugh. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, top of the hour, first things first, rate, review, rescribe, per use. Yes. Yes. Um, at All Bad Things Pod on all the social means, and, except for Snapchat. I don't. Do we have do we no, have a Snapchat? No, because okay. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. Eh, so sorry. We're <laughs> sorry. <old. laughs> sorry, uh not even millennials. Millennials do use it, but some of y- the y- next generation yeah, for sure. Gen Z or whatever. Whatever you're called. Mm-hmm. Um uh, oh, oh, and uh, you can email to, email us at allbadthingspod at gmail. And big shout out to our listener, Kelsey, hmm. for doing just that. Last week, we called for um, any suggestions of things, to disasters to cover. And she had a great list. Well, a great, terrible list. You know what I mean? Yes. Of, a, great, um, a great list in the most terrible way. <laughs> yes. Of Things that happened in her home state of West Virginia, and a lot of bad That's, stuff has uh, happened in West Virginia. <laughs> doing a show about tragedies, I watched a documentary on Netflix. It came out maybe about a year ago. Okay. And now I can't remember the name of it. What was it about? It was about uh, the coal mining industry and what it's done to West Virginia like from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And after I got done watching it, I was like... I will never make fun of anybody from West Virginia ever again. Because it, like, it is sort of the, the punchline of the if, hick from West Virginia. If you whatever, live in West you Virginia, know. you will get cancer. Just from the atmosphere, yeah. Yes. Like, if you're born and raised there, mm-hmm. like it would be odd if you didn't have cancer. I'll put it mm-hmm. that way. Wow. So after I got done watching that, mm-hmm. I was like, okay. Wow. Um, a really great podcast that I believe the hosts are out of um, West Virginia is Sawbones, which I've mentioned a couple of mm-hmm. times. Of, the, uh, the doctor yes, the podcast. Doc- uh, yep, it's a medical history sort of is the is the slant on it, and it's okay. it has an audience. By, mm-hmm. Oh the, yeah, it's, the, it's a great podcast. That's the fun thing about podcasts yeah. is there's an audience for everything, and it's hosted by a husband and wife, and the wife is a doctor, and. It was really interesting because recently they had their second child. And first of all, they they started podcasting again like three weeks after the birth of their child, which is pretty heroic on her part, I think. But uh, they told sort of the birth story, but from like a medical perspective, that was... That was really interesting, you know, and and how it compared to that. Apparently, like, they had a bad birth experience the first go, so. Uh, That is an episode I will never listen to. (laughs) Um, Also, another, a shout out to another pod I've been listening to lately and very much enjoying um, is Moms and Murder. (laughs) It's been, it's been fun. Um, Sounds like fun. Yeah, sort of in the vein of, like, Corpus Delecti of uh, two moms discussing true crime and again I feel better knowing that our next generation is being brought up by badass women who are murderinos so <laughs> that that makes me feel good do you have any shout outs or shall we get to it let's let us oh. be, let us begin well we do have our beers to talk about before that yes we do um we are leaving for well by the time this episode comes out we'll already be back but for the oh, long I weekend i don't even want to think about no, that no i know um we are going to greenville south carolina and to Asheville, north carolina which is going to be very fun and in honor of that i am drinking again yet again peanut butter jelly time from catawba which mm. is delicious mm. And I'm having Birdsong's Jalapeno IPA. Mm-hmm. Birdsong is out of Charlotte? Yep. But yes, we'll we went there. But we passing through Charlotte. Yeah, we actually, yeah, we will. To, to get to um, Greenville. All their other beers that I know of, except mm-hmm. for the Brown Ale, I don't think that has a name either. 
but the majority of their beers mm-hmm. have song title yes. names. I, I got one. I got a got one for me too at pharmacy. Uh, it's called Doing Time, but it's T H Y M E. It's a uh, beer yes. with, yes. with time in it. I know it's not your favorite thing because it's no, kind it's of time. herbs. Yeah, yeah. but y- you only like a specific herb. Yes, I do. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I love thyme and basil and cilantro. I'm a big fan of all other herbs, very much. Yes. So. <laughs> Experimental ones, too. No. No, I'm kidding. Not me. <laughs> Not I. All right, are we ready to get into it? Yes, what do we have on deck for So. this morning, this Monday morning? <laughs> yeah, we'll pretend it's Monday morning, <laughs> won't we? Um, so, our past couple of episodes have been total bummers. Yes, they have. I mean, they all are, but the uh, the Estonia Ferry was like a survival of the fittest terrible story. And then the uh, the midair plane collision in the Park Slope mm-hmm. plane crash had that poor 11-year-old boy who like tried to hang on and you know, who flew out of the air and landed in a snowbank <laughs> yeah, while he was hung on fire. On for like a day. Hung on yeah. for another day. So that was all super depressing. So I was like, what can I do that still falls Let's under... have a fun disaster. <laughs> well, not fun, but more... I found one that is more of an interesting story. Okay. That does definitely have a disaster component and a casualty. It is just not a human casualty. Okay. Or, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Well, and... Uh, well, anyway, so this, this disaster does not have any human casualties. That's the good news. Um, the, As for the bad news. The bad news is the casualty was a geographic location. A okay. place died. Okay. okay. Essentially. Yeah, very cryptic, huh? But I did kind of give away to you earlier what this was about, right? Do you remember that? Slightly and... Not really. (laughs) Just just, just go ahead. Okay. What is it? So we were talking about West Virginia. Yes, we were. And today... you mean what we were just talking about? Well, no, we talked about it last night, too, I think. Yeah, a little bit. Um, So we were talking about West Virginia and coal country. Mm -hmm. Today's story is from Pennsylvania coal country. And yes, there is that. So this is the story of Centralia, Pennsylvania. And since there are no human casualties to report, I'm not going to open this in the way I normally do. I'm going to let the story unfold. Okay? So. I'm ready. All right. Hopefully our audience is ready. Yes. This is the story of the death of Centralia, Pennsylvania. I I, I like this. I know. It's something different, huh? Knowing ahead of time. Nobody's going to die. Right. Yeah. It helps. But the the death of a town that's that's got an eerie. Mm-hmm. We should have, we should have uh, we'll investigate another one of these for Halloween. That it would have been a good Halloween yeah. one, right? Yeah. Well, that's okay. Maybe we do we did, a we did rebroadcast. We did a depressing Halloween one about a <laughs> the uh, shooting. Yes, yeah. about a foreign did. exchange student yeah. getting shot. But yeah. but what better way to be welcome to America? <laughs> <laughs> so Centralia is located in East Central Pennsylvania. So, like... I, I know what you mean. Okay. Yeah. Uh, central, north to south, but a little bit more east when you're talking east to west. So, uh, not too far from Philadelphia? Not terribly far from Philadelphia. Yeah. Not too far from Scranton. Oh, and uh, Harrisburg is in that. Yeah. Which is, yeah. The, which is the capital, Land- I think. No, I don't think Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I think it is. Really? Yeah, I think well, it I, is. I'm homeschooled. What, what, am, I, <laughs> what am I saying? Like, I know... Um, Lancaster, I believe, is also kind of nearby. Okay. I don't know Pennsylvania that well, uh, frankly. I do yeah. know that this is on, like, the eastern half yeah. of Pennsylvania, because it's a big state. It is. So we're not talking the Pittsburgh area. We're talking the other side of things. Closer to the east coast. Yes. Obviously. Mm-hmm. And it's firmly in Pennsylvania coal country. And in 1962, which is the the crux of this story is really going to take place in 1962. Centralia had a population of 1,400. So we're not talking about a giant town here. But, um, so this town has a very interesting history. So we're going to work our way back to 1962, where this pivotal event happened and then move forward. But let's go 
backaways. So Centralia has a long history of coal mining. The first two coal mines in the town were opened in 1856, with three more opening in the next seven years. So big coal boom, big mining boom. Uh, Anthracite coal, I believe. Centralia was officially incorporated as a borough. I'll use the word like town, city, borough, whatever. It, it, it's all, you know, like a place with a name. <laughs> well, there, um, there are people listening, and I, I'm one of them, mm-hmm. who are from factory towns. Mm-hmm. I mean, my factory town was thankfully 13,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> it but, was like uh, 10 times the size of Centralia. But this sounds like it was just, this is a place where people worked and lived in uh, this you know, this kind one of, industry. Kind of a, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. kind of an extension of uh, of the industry itself yes. and its own self-sustained little community, like a microcosm. Yeah, something. yeah, mm-hmm. like a, like a biosphere. Yeah, of human coal miners. <laughs> yeah, and it was incorporated in 1866. Um, I believe it. It they wanted to call it Centerville, but there was already a Centerville, so they called it Centralia, which I. It's kind of a funny name. I don't know. I think it's Centralia. There is like they're a uh, fancy. there is a Centralia, Illinois. Hmm. That's where they make or made the payday candy bars. Oh, really? Yeah. How did you know that? From a documentary. <laughs> I was like, that's a random fact. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Paydays are pretty good. And I don't remember what yes. documentary it was, but I just remember it from that. <laughs> You're just like, okay. I'm like Centralia. Oh, I've heard that name before. <laughs> Um, So the main industry and employer was, of course, coal. Sure. In addition to coal, now this is a very interesting little digression, Centralia also had a history, and this sounds like a dollop episode waiting to happen, if they haven't already. If it hasn't already. It's possible, because they have like over 300 episodes, so I'll have to look into it, but um, they had a history of Molly Maguire activity. Do you know who the Molly Maguires were? No. So when was this? The, this is um, like a Civil Warish times, eighteen okay. sixties. Okay. So the Molly Maguires was a nineteenth century English secret society, basically a gang, active in Ireland and in Skykill County, Pennsylvania, where Centralia was located. Um, now, why do you think it was Ireland and then Pennsylvania? How do you think they got there, and why? These Irish immigrants. Did it have something to do with the potato famine? Yes, indeed. Ding, ding, ding. You got it. Which we've covered before. We have. So many Irish immigrants settled in Pennsylvania coal country working in dangerous mining jobs. Northeast Pennsylvania is not that far from the coast. No. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. So... Um, There were many labor disputes between the coal workers and their supervisors over working conditions, as in virtually any blue-collar job ever. Um, And violence in the industry escalated thanks to the Molly Maguires. So they were essentially like (laughs) a... uh, a union that didn't do things the right way, <laughs> but many there like, there's a they, they were a that. <laughs> uh, they were kind of a mob controlled union. Yeah, basically, yeah, like disorganized crime. Yeah, no, 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 organized crime. Well, they weren't that well organized. Yeah. It, it was a, it wasn't. We're not talking like the mob. We're talking. We're, we're talking the this. Molly Maguires. Well, yes. <laughs> One of the victims. Love the name though. Yeah, it is a good name, isn't it? One of the victims of the gang was Centralia's founder, Alexander Ray, who was murdered. Alexander. Did I say Alexandra? I think you did. Alexander. Alexander, right. Who was murdered in 1868. Well, people just automatically assume, like, women didn't even get to vote for another 50 years, so there's no way there's a woman. not serving in office, no, (laughs) obviously. Or founding towns at this point. Yeah, in coal country. Who wants that? So the violence in the area continued to escalate, and there's a legend regarding Centralia that the first Roman Catholic priest in the borough, Father Daniel Ignatius McDermott, was assaulted by three Molly Maguires in 1869 and cursed the land itself, like cursed the town of Centralia. Probably not true, or uh, hypocryphal, obviously, but highly doubtful that it actually happened. Probably a great story. It's an excellent story considering how this plays out. But complete bullshit. Probably. Yeah. He said there would be a day when the only remaining building in Centralia would be the St. Ignatius Roman Catholic Church. Hmm. Again, revisionist history because that pretty much is what happened. I was going to say, it sounds like like foreshadowing. (laughs) Yeah. 
Most of the leaders of the Molly Maguires were hanged in 1877, bringing an end to the gang's criminal activity. I re- I, now I really want to look back and see if um, they've covered the Molly Maguires on the doll. It just sounds so ripe for sounds like Dave something, Anthony. Also sounds like something Ken Burns should cover. <laughs> It'd be a little niche for him, but yeah, it, that's, it that's sounds what he, That's fascinating. what he does, though. Mm-hmm. So by 1890, Centralia reached its peak population of 2,761. <laughs> hey, that's not bad for back then. Yeah. Coal continued to be the town's main industry, obviously, but the population began to decline in the early 20th century, especially as many of the young mining workers enlisted in the military during World War One. Sure. So it was a town on the decline for quite some time. In 1929... And the only way to make money was to go uh, across the world and kill Germans. Well, it was a living, I guess. Yeah. Or dying. In 1929, the stock market crash caused a lot of economic problems like it did everywhere else in the country, uh, but specifically for the Lehigh Valley Coal Company, which was the... Um, why can't I think of... Uh, Alcoa, that's it. Oh, it's yeah. the Alcoa of... Um, gotcha. Of uh, this of Centralia, and that's a Messina reference. <laughs> Deep cut for all zero of our Messina listeners. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure if we've had one yet. <laughs> yeah, and they closed five of the their Centralia mines, so they were closing down so, a large portion of their operation. And so, because that happens, then people are just going to leave. Yeah, because there's no more jobs, right? Yeah. So even though they weren't... I've experienced that from my own hometown. <laughs> yeah. Even though they weren't being mined, there was still coal in the coal mines sure. that had been abandoned. Sure. And bootleg miners, which I didn't know was a thing, kept mining the coal. But the problem is they used a technique called pillar robbing. So that's where like these, these bootleg miners extract coal from the coal pillars that are left in the mines... To support them so that they don't collapse. Well, yeah, they were mining from those pillars, which is a terrible idea. So it it made a lot of the internal structure of the mines collapse without that support, and they couldn't be properly sealed off later on. Well, yeah. Yeah. In 1950, the Centralia Town Council acquired the rights to all anthracite coal left to be mined in Centralia. So the town took over, like, this is all our Whatever coal. was left. Yep. Now, by this time in the 50s, the population of Centralia had dipped to 1,986. And by the time, like I said, by 1962, it was down to around 1,400. So it cut, it, its population was cut in half since its peak. Sure. Um, 70 years ago, 70 years prior. So, so now let's get to the 1962 Incident. Mm. In the early 1960s... You, you unsolved mysteries, that one. <laughs> I remember stuck. <laughs> I need to watch more Now we will mysteries. get down to the 1962. No, you have to have more of this. <laughs> Sound can't. like you're choking slightly. <laughs> <laughs> you got the depth of the voice, though. That you can do. Thank you. <laughs> so in the early 1960s, Centralia had a problem with dumps in the town. There were eight illegal dump sites, and one of the previous legal dump sites near the St. Ignatius, remember that church? Or yes, the, I that do. priest and uh, it's his yep. church? Yep near the the church's cemetery, had been forced to be shut down by new state regulations. So people were basically, like, just throwing their shit out in, like, these random places. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, sort of created these, quote, dump sites by proxy, kind of. In early 1962, in an effort to curb illegal dumping and give, like, a centralized place for people to dump their shit... The Centralia Landfill was established in a 300-foot-wide, 75-foot-long, 50-foot-deep pit, which just kept reminding me of um, Parks and Rec. Yes, the very first season. I fell into the pit. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah, it was this, this giant pit. But here's the problem. This pit wasn't just a hole in the ground. 
It was established as a strip mine back in the 1930s. So basically a strip mine is when a long strip, which is why they call it that, of the overlying soil and rock is removed so that they can get down into the coal. It's it, There was some... I wish I remembered the name, but it was like a seam is what they called it. Like there was a, a, a slit kind of that they could access the coal through. Anyway, sure. it's a type of mining. And that's how they got that pit in the first place. So basically the... I get it because I can see your visuals, but... <laughs> I know, I do so many hand gestures, which is so helpful to everybody listening, I'm sure. Basically, they created a space... To, to be able to, to the access coal. the coal. Well, the so the Centralia Town Council was like, this would be a great place for us to dump all our shit. Yeah, this, I kind of see where this is and going. And now we're starting to see, yeah. right? Um, so on May 7th, 1962, the Centralia Council met to discuss how to clean up this landfill they created. <laughs> because it was becoming a bit of an issue. So, like, problem, oh, here's the solution, wait, this is getting kind of out of hand, we need to solve this, too. And they were getting ready for a Memorial Day celebration, so they were like, well, this is, we need to beautify our town, whatever. I mean, and this is still, like, 1,400 people, I don't know. And and it's also at a time when the the EPA, and they're trying to strip that away as much as they can now, but this is at a time when the EPA was, didn't even exist. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Nixon, right? Yes. Yeah. So there was really, I don't know what there would have been uh, as far as like a regulatory. Sure. State regulation. And, and here's the thing. So back in 56, 1956, the state of Pennsylvania had passed a law to regulate the use of old strip mines as landfills. So this was happening not just uh, okay. in Okay, so they were doing it legally. Uh, well, yeah. Yes. To an extent. Yes, it, because it just, they're... So the problem and the reason that they decided to regulate, the state decided to regulate it, was because there was a serious risk of the garbage in these strip mines um, causing mine fires. Sure. Or, and, col- or collapses, I was yeah, thinking I, that, I would, too. I would guess so. Um, so as a result of this regulation, landfills that used these old strip mines had to have a special permit. And get inspected regularly. Um, and the yeah, landfill that, yeah, in Centralia, landfill in Centralia did comply with these regulations. And regional inspector George Segaritus, sure, that started works. becoming concerned with the fact that he was discovering holes in the walls of the floor of the pit. Because a lot of times these holes led to older mines mm-hmm. underneath. Um, and Segaritus told Centralia Councilman Joseph Teague that the pit had to be filled with incombustible material. So, like, you, you can't have stuff that's going to catch on fire in this pit. Sure. And there are these holes leading down to the mines. Like, you got to plug this shit up in a way that it's not going to catch on fire. So, the canary in the coal mine, har, 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 was, was there. Now, here's where shit starts to get kind of hinky with the Centralia Town Council and with the whole situation. When the Centralia Town Council met, they did arrange to clean the strip mine dump. But nowhere in the minutes of the meeting is it actually or did they actually specify how they were going to do that. They're just like, well, we're going to do it. Um, Now, Pennsylvania state law prohibited dump fires. You can't just set your shit on fire. But from all appearances, and this is still very contested, but from all appearances, the town council okayed setting the shit on fire, setting this dump on fire on May 27th, 1962. So they were just basically... Potentially, allegedly, it is still a point of controversy... Um, they were like, well, this is a problem. Let's burn the motherfucker up. <laughs> so. Which is probably one of the last solutions to a problem you should ever conclude. Just burn it. Yeah, just burn it. <laughs> uh, I need a new wallet. Let's just burn the old one. <laughs> right? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so the fire was set. And by that evening, May 27th, 1962... This is, this is not what I was having in mind, by the way, at all. This is mm. this is pretty dumb. It's, pretty, it's quite dumb. <laughs> um, so, May 27th, 1962, 
a fire was set in the dump to burn the garbage. And by that evening, water was used to extinguish the keyword visible flames. Two days later, on May 29th, guess what they saw again? Another fire. More fire, yes. Because of all the shit underneath. Just, well, yeah, that yeah. Was just, that was just like <laughs> baking. There's a mine. Yeah. There's multiple mines underneath. Yeah. So, at that point, the Centralia Fire oh, Company used hoses to extinguish the fire. So, like, this is point that the fire department's coming out trying to douse this thing. And on June 4th, guess what they saw again? <laughs> More fire. Oh, Jesus Christ. They showed up again, put out the flames. And at this point, they had a bulldozer stir up the garbage in the dump so they could, like, yeah. douse underneath. Yeah. Um, so douse the concealed waste, too, um, to make sure all possible flammable material was extinguished. And several days later, a large hole was found in the base of the north wall of the pit, estimated to be 15 feet wide oh and several God. feet high. Oh, my God. And it's thought that the garbage in the pit kind had... Kind of con- like the size of this room. Yeah, right? A little bit. Um, and it's thought that the garbage in this pit had... Uh, garbage in the pit had concealed this hole, like covered it up, so it had never been filled with that recommended incombustible material. And so the fire kept burning underground and constantly reigniting the trash, right? So on July 2nd... There's all that shit, all those chemicals, all that toxicity underground keeping this this thing going. We're going to get to that. Oh, God. Oh, my God. On July 2nd, so now this is like five weeks later, right? (laughs) Monsignor William Burke of St. Ignatius Church... Complained of the smell yeah. of the burning trash. I'm surprised it only took him five weeks. The Centralia Town Council still continued to allow dumping in the pit. So let's fuel this. Oh my god. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my god. So the pit was essentially a giant dump of burning coal and garbage, Jesus which is Christ. disgusting. That's just that, yeah. Shall we listen to the incompetence continue? <laughs> oh, my God. There's more? <laughs> oh, I'm halfway through, roughly. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, let's keep going. So, one member of the council, at least, um, ha- had had enough of this shit and called in Literally. some outside... Yeah. And figuratively. Yes. Called in some outside help. President of the Independent Miners, Breakerman, and Truckers Union... Clarence Mooch Kashner, kicky little nickname, Mooch. I'm going to guess that that guy has hunted deer before <laughs> and probably has trophies in his... I would think so. Probably in his bedroom. Yeah. Um, was called to Centralia to take a look at the situation. <laughs> Kashner, <laughs> Kashner brought oh in... Oh, my God. The situation is fucked. Oh, we're, we're not even halfway there. <laughs> oh this is still 62, right? So, okay. Kashner oh brought in God. Gordon Smith, an engineer with the Department of Mines and Mineral Industries in Pennsylvania. Now, Smith, <laughs> this is great. Smith was a real stand-up guy, and he was like, yeah, I can dig out all the shit on, the, on fire with a steam shovel for 175 bucks. Like, that was his, he was like, yeah, I'll take care of it. 175 okay. bucks, steam shovel, we're done. Um... Thankfully, they didn't bite at that offer. I'm guessing it would have just been a waste of money. But anyway, they called in Art Joyce, a mine inspector who brought in gas detection equipment. You mentioned before all the Mm -hmm. gas and stuff. Yep. And it found that obviously gas was seeping out of the giant hole in the pit. And that it contained carbon monoxide concentrations. kinds of shit. Carbon monoxide that was typical of coal mine fires. So in other words, yes, this this mine is burning. These mines are burning. Yeah, and it's not going to stop. Any anytime soon, really. Not by just there's a constant wetting all the garbage. There's a constant ignition source because they're still allowing them to fucking dump there like a bunch of fucking morons. Well, oh my, there this you might go. be the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> like the whole thing from the get go was dumb, and it keeps getting worse. Keeps getting stupider. There's no <laughs> cap on stupid. Oh my god. So finally, at this point. 
the Lehigh Valley Coal Company was given formal notice now, and we're talking like July or something. That this is weeks later. Now that we've lost half the population, and <laughs> you can smell this in England, which is five thousand miles away. Now we're gonna now we're gonna put our foot down. So they were finally formally notified that there was a fire. God. Allegedly, and again, a lot of this like origin of the fire is alleged. The town council was like, um, it was probably the hot weather that started the fire. <laughs> My ass. <laughs> no, it was the fire that started the fire. You fucking idiots. Oh my God. The, the hot weather <laughs> probably contributed at some point, but the whole, oh my God. Okay, are you ready to get into the fixes and the cost of the fixes? I'm not sure if I can handle the stupidness of <laughs> it what, goes, this, it gets what so much better. this is going to fucking be. So at this point, it was estimated the cost to dig down deep enough to stop this fire would be about $30,000. Now, this is $1962. Today, that's closer to $250,000. Okay. So quarter but for, for, oh, for a town built on coal. We're just talking the first phase. Let's keep oh going. Oh, my God. The Pennsylvania Deputy Secretary of Mines, James Hober, Figured the town of Centralia wouldn't be able to afford that cost, so he was like, yeah, Pennsylvania's going to have to foot the bill. The state's going to have to foot the bill on this. Then, at an August 6th meeting, so we're talking August 6th now. This is like six weeks later. Uh, No, way more than that. That's like two months. Well, not quite. Yeah, two months and a little more. Yeah. Um, At August 6th meeting of at the fire site, so they're at the fucking dump, a Centralia strip mine operator named Alonzo Sanchez was like, whoa, hold on, I'll do it for free. I'm going to fix this whole situation for free. What he wanted in return, though, was any coal he was able to recover while putting out the fire. Free and clear, no royalties due to the Lehigh Valley Coal Company. So he saw, like, a business opportunity there. They rejected his offer. I fucking hope because so. Of the I was really thinking they were going to take his <laughs> offer. How dumb the story has been. But they rejected it because of the legal issues of mining rights it brought up, as well as the fact that part of his plan, and this is probably the more motivating factor, part of his plan was to do exploratory drilling, which have added time to the project. And they wanted this shit cleared as soon as possible. Two months later. <laughs> So no, he was gonna go in there, get what he could get, not bother with doing anything about the rest, and be like, oh, "I'm done. Oh, mm-hmm. Sorry, there's still a fire, but we signed a contract." Right? Exactly. Yeah. God. So, I'm stunned that they didn't take that right? offer. Oh my god. So they opened the project to bids. Jesus. And on August 19, 1962, the contract went to Bridie Incorporated who bid $20,000, or roughly $164,000 in today's dollars, and they started working on August 22nd. Who were they bidding to? The, the, I, I'm unsure if it was the town council at this point, or this had been escalated to the state level, so I'm guessing the state is okay. taking the bids at this point. I think it's, it's out not, of the It's not the worst hand. thing ever, but I'm hoping that... It, it's all. Well, I'm hoping it wasn't essentially a bribe, which is how uh, I feel well, like it's. Well, yeah. I feel like that's where it's going. So Bridie was not allowed to do exploratory drilling. Now, here, what do you think the purpose of exploratory drilling would have been? To find new pockets to get cold and find new places to dig, stuff like that. So at this point, they essentially didn't know how far this fire spread. So exploratory drilling would have helped them to find the perimeter okay. of this fire. Um, like, and the, the like, the, uh, like the corner piece of a puzzle. There you go, yeah. And the border, right? Mm-hmm. You always do the border first before yeah. you fill in the middle? Well, they couldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and, pl- and probably... I- I'm sure there was politics involved in that. Obviously, there's politics involved in all of, the, all of this. But probably part of it was also because it was dangerous. And... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe hoping for the best. Maybe. You know, being a little bit ignorant of like how far like how, far how big of a fucking was. problem this yeah. is. Maybe. I mean, we're you're scorching well underneath the earth. Yeah, well, and that's the problem is 
So they basically <clears throat> had to guess the fire's location. Sure. And at this point, no one really thought it was that big or that bad. Um, and oh, because they were man. basing it off of steam that was escaping the rocks in the pit. Yeah, exactly. So but that's like, not going to be. Oh, here it is. Here's yeah. some steam. Here's some steam. You know, here's some gas coming out. So this must be. The but that's not going to be no. everywhere because no. there are places that you're going to be underneath in the coal mines and there's no vents going up. Right. Exactly. So, exactly. God. Well, that was not being taken what into a account. Fucking disaster. Of money Holy and shit. time. Yeah. So. Uh, Bridie had estimated that about 24,000 cubic yards of dirt would have to be excavated. So they started digging. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm sure I, it's a lot. It's just, I know, it's it's impossible <laughs> to give any sort of context. Um, they unearthed about 200 feet of dirt on the northern border of the pit. So they're digging down 200 feet. Wow. Um, and as soon as they broke through the mine chamber below, so they did break through to the mine, like they, they cleared all the way down to the mine, air rushed in. Oh, what does that do to a fire? It fucking just ignites it, even... It feeds oh, it with oxygen, exactly. God. So basically, what ended up happening is they spent their time chasing the fire, because every time they dug, they spread the fire. So they were also restricted to working only eight hours a day, Monday through Friday. That's actually shocking. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, it was for labor costs, I'm But sure. still, it, okay, so, I'll, I'll take it. So but, progress was slow. Yeah. And shock of all shocks, the project ran out of money on October 29th, 1962. That shouldn't be a project that ever runs out of money. <laughs> that should be a project oh. that's like, we're going to spend whatever we have to spend until this problem is solved. Well... So, oh. we're not done yet. Now, at this point, so remember, yeah, Brian... Yeah, you haven't even turned over your last page, I don't think. No, <laughs> last page is here. At this point, um, Bridey, who had originally estimated that they would need to excavate 24,000 cubic um, yards of... Cubic yards, I believe. Yes, of dirt, had cleared... 58,580 cubic yards of dirt. So they already went so well they, above twice Yeah, what okay. they said they needed to do. So even as they were running out of money on that project, it became really clear that things were not going to go well, that this project was going to run out of money. And a second project was in the works. The idea was, okay, we see now that when oxygen rushes in, everything catches on fire, spreads the fire. How can we mitigate this? So the idea was that they should mix crushed rock and water and pump it into the mines preemptively where they expected the fire to spread to as they were digging. Uh, prophylactic, not the worst idea in the world, except <laughs> this project was estimated to cost Forty thousand um, dollars. I didn't translate that one. Anyway. Um, well, what was the twenty thousand dollar one? Oh, that's right. Twenty thousand. So it was two hundred fifty thousand, right? No, one sixty four. So it would have been like so, so three twenty. Yeah, three twenty eight. Three twenty three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, bidding was open <laughs> on November first, just a few days after the Bidy project ran out of funds. And the contract went to the lowest bidder, K&H Excavating, for $28,400, or $233,000 Okay. So K&H got to work. But, <laughs> because this is the Murphy's Law of Mine Fires, um, Centralia experienced a bit of a snowstorm. Okay. So the water slash... So this thing starts in May. <laughs> yes, we're all ready to November. And, and now we're in a snowstorm, mm -hmm. and they still haven't figured this mm -hmm. fucking thing out. So <laughs> the water and rock mixture they they were using to flush the mines became frozen in the water lines. Oh, that's... Well, yep. And the machine they used to grind the rock froze. Froze up, yep. yeah. The project got more expensive, Kelsapri's... And they received approval for an additional $14,000 in spending, or roughly $115,000 today. The contract, or, oh, sorry, I skipped paragraphs there. 
the money for this project ran out on March 15th. 1963, with a total of 42,420 spent, or roughly $350,000 today. Yes, we're we're March of the following year, 10 months later. On April 11th, 1963, evidence showed... That the fire had spread throughout the mines eastward as far as 700 feet from where it started. And a third project was proposed to stop this fire. There were three options given for this project. So it was like a three point, maybe this, this, or this. And they each had their own projected budgets. So number one was entrench the fire... And backfill the the trench with incombustible material. The cost would be $277,490, roughly $2.3 million today. So we're in the millions now. Yeah, because at this point, you have to do... Whatever you have to do. Whatever it takes. So let's keep going. Oh, Jesus. Um, Choice number two was a flush barrier, which I could not figure out what that was. Anyway, the cost was $151,714, or roughly $1.2 million in today's money. And the third was another flushing project. So the idea of, like, this rock and water preemptively um, uh, keeping the fire from spreading, and the cost would be $82,300, or roughly $676,000 in today's money. Now, what did you say? You just said that, like, well, yeah, what, you have to pick something, right? Because you have to, to do something, right? Did what the, do you think they, they did? Did they pick the $82,000? Did they pick the middle one? The very first one you told me. What did they do? Nothing. What? They abandoned the project. Are you fucking serious? I am completely serious. So this is how the town dies. They did nothing. No And the fire shit. kept going. Well, this uh, that should have been obvious because this is an episode about the death of a mm-hmm. town. So let's fast forward. 1979. They, they, they flat just ran out of money, didn't they? Or... Or, or just, or couldn't, know. or couldn't get the couldn't money from the management and the higher ups. They were just like, we're fucking done. Like it, like it'd be, up, maybe? well, they, they were probably like, it'd be cheaper to just let it burn out and relocate all these people than to actually, well, let's get am to I, that. am I getting close? You, you are. So Jesus Christ, what nine, a fucking shit show. Nineteen seventy nine, seventeen years after this fire started. And sixteen years after they gave up. Yeah. And fucking walked away. Yep. Now, the town's population had already been declining anyway, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But 1979 is the year that Centralia citizens themselves first became aware of how bad the fire had gotten. They knew this was going on. They were unaware of how bad this had spread. It could seem like it had been localized to just, oh, we have this weird dump fire that just keeps going, but whatever, it's not a big deal. The mayor of Centralia is the one who discovered, who didn't know in the first place how bad this was. The fucking mayor of this town didn't know how bad this was. Okay. I mean, this is a tiny town, so he was also a gas station owner. Well, I was going to say, and everybody knows who he is. Right. He's the fucking mayor of a 2,000-person town. Right. Less. Like, less than 1,500 people. Yeah, by the time this fire happened. Well, the fire happened when they were at 1,400, so yeah, Yeah. they were probably less in 1979. Oh, I I see what you mean. He wasn't mayor at their peak when they were up to, like, 2,100. No, no, that was in 1890. Oh. Excuse me. So. But yeah, of that's what, he would be that or a convenience store owner or well, yeah, whatever. Well, yeah, he was a gas station He'd be a businessman in town. His name was John Coddington, and he was going about his business in his gas station. He put a dipstick into um, one of his underground gas tanks, you know, to test levels or whatever. And the dipstick came out hot. This is fucking fuel. Yeah. And he, he was like, oh, wait a sec. He puts a thermometer down oh there. And it said the gas in the tank was 172 degrees Fahrenheit. That's not okay and that's, not normal. That's not okay for anything. No. And so it was very clear something under us is, is on, on fire. fire. 
Yes. Holy shit. So that's when it kind of broke out in the town that, hey, our town's kind of fucked. So it literally might collapse in on itself. Yeah, well, let's keep going. Oh, so God. within the next year, citizens started experiencing adverse health effects from <laughs> carbon monoxide. No, you're kidding. <laughs> and other gases in the air. Let me guess the water wasn't that great either. <laughs> as well as a lack of oxygen. Oh, I mean, because yeah. this gas is like sucking, the, literally uh, sucking yeah. the oxygen out of the room, right? Except it's a whole town. And the town started drawing statewide attention for the fire. So this is when the story broke, kind of. It was like 79 80. Yeah, people were like, you know that town that nobody's ever heard of that mm-hmm. hopefully you don't live in? Guess what? There's a fire underground that people can't do, seem to do anything about. So now what do you figure, aside from like, okay, shit's up. On fire underground, the gases are escaping, and this is very bad for us to be breathing in. What other effects would you imagine would happen as a result of? I mean, the water, just the That's the, a good the guess. Natural, I didn't read anything no? specific to I that, just, but that's a good guess. I would guess. think, like, just the natural environment after a little while. like It, it did kill vegetation yeah. and stuff. That's true, too. But, so you've got a mine underneath you. It's hollow, right? Mm-hmm. And it's burning, Ever heard of a sinkhole? Oh, Jesus, yeah. Well, I did just say, <laughs> yeah. like, like the town falling in on itself. Yes, you but. did. You sure did. So you are, you are absolutely on the right track. So <sighs> sinkholes started opening up in this town. Sure. And very famously, in 1981, a 12-year-old boy from Centralia named Todd Dombowski, or Domboski, sure, Todd, very 1981 name. I was thinking of the dumb <laughs> as the prefix. Dom, D-O-M. Oh, Dom. He was a kid. Dombrowski? Domboski. Domboski. I could have spelled that wrong. I'm okay. Not sure. Anyway. It just sounded Todd. like dumb. And then, oh, <laughs> yes, poor Todd. Poor Todd was in a backyard when a four <sighs> foot wide. Earth just ate him. By 150 feet deep sinkhole. No. Opened up underneath him. Thankfully, Obviously, he didn't fall down. No, thankfully bottom. for Todd, he was able to hold on to the root of a tree. Sure, yeah. Until for his fourteen-year-old cousin Eric Wolfgang pulled him out. Can you imagine? No the terror. No, I cannot. <laughs> Especially knowing terror. that hey, if if I let go of this thing, I'm dead. I read in one account that the only reason he survived was because his arms were extended when he fell. So that caught him, sure. like on the perimeter, because it was only four feet wide, enough that he could grab onto something. St- I mean, he was lucky in a million different ways. Feet. He was lucky to have the strength to hang on. He was lucky to have the strength to all of a sudden grab yeah. just whatever. Well, I mean, he didn't... I, I, I didn't read of any, like, ill effects to him other than the PTSD he <laughs> yeah. clearly I'm sure he sees years. the bottom of that hole in his dreams occasionally. Right? Still to this day. But... This hole was also blowing hot steam oh, with lethal shit, lethal yeah. levels of carbon monoxide. Yeah. So he's lucky he didn't just like inhale that shit and die. And pass out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like I said before, there are no known human casualties of this Centralia fire, but trigger warning. There's one badass just hanging on. <laughs> no, trigger warning. No human mm-hmm. deaths. There are lots of accounts well, of animals. Sinkholes. Deer, cats, dogs, yeah. From sinkholes, dying of suffocation. Oh, it's bad. So, the small favors that no humans died. So, the town's population obviously was not exactly growing at this point. No, it was um, literally sinking. Yes, it plummeted. <laughs> <laughs> into oh, the earth. That was even better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cheers. Thank you. In 1984, Congress allocated over $42 million, which today is roughly $102 million, to relocate exactly like you projected. That is a ton the of citizens, fucking money. It's a lot of money. But, I mean, 
when the government screws up that bad, how are you going to... Look at Flint, Michigan today. Well, they fair point. They, they haven't paid money to relocate those people. They're still being fucking... It's not fucking, 1,400 people either. It isn't, but those people I mean, are, I'm not saying no, that they shouldn't. They those, absolutely should help. those people are still being poisoned. <laughs> yes. And... Uh-huh, by their own water, yeah. Something should be done. Absolutely. And I don't see Congress, like, no. giving hundreds of millions of dollars. That's a solution, at least, monetarily. Like, okay, well, and, this is what it's going to... And resources-wise, like, okay, let's get you out of this place, relocate you. But I'm also going to guess, like, by the time, like, the the main people who are going to come and try to inspect this town and see what's left of it just are just like, no, this is... We just get just, these people out of here. It's fucked. Yeah. Like, there's, there's no saving this place. And I mean, this is coal mining country, so I'm guessing a lot of people, like, couldn't afford to move on their own, would have... Well, and, and that... Struggled with that. In that industry, it's tied to the oil industry, obviously... You dig wherever you can dig for as, yeah. as long as you can. They and were then, not digging anymore in Central exactly. at this point. Yeah. So this was a dead town even for right. industry. They get whatever they can. They literally mine it for all it's worth mm-hmm. and then just leave it mm-hmm. be. So, so, God. So basically, citizens of Centralia were offered buyouts to move. Like, I here's money. Hope. Get I'm actually out of surprised here. that this that happened. They were, yeah. Yes. Um, and most of them did. Most being the operative term, because yes, um, yeah, there's always one or two. Yeah. Now, now the people who did move, they very few moved anywhere nearby. They were like, goodbye, and got the fuck out of Dodge. Did not move anywhere else. We're in going to Western Pennsylvania. <laughs> no, not even in the state of Pennsylvania. We're going to Ohio. <laughs> Statistics show they most they, people they go, moved out of state. Did they go to Delaware? <laughs> I would go to Disney World, like, at that point, just, like... Whatever money they gave me, I'd be like, I'm fucking going to California. Yeah. It's 1979 when this is... No, this is 84. Or 84, okay. When Congress has Has bought them out. Gotcha, yeah. So, the stubborn ones did stay. There always are. Um, Now, the houses that remained had to have these additional supports... Built that looked I, like external chimney. I just keep picturing. <laughs> this is all I'm picturing in my mind, like the one, like the first person that was ever in Centralia, and like, uh-huh. yeah, like this is where it's gonna happen. I also picture that person being the person at the end, like almost like a cartoon, right? Like her house is literally just sitting on top of a crater. Uh huh. And nothing. And there's nothing it. around it except for like the the still the the still structure of the crater. Right. Like she can't even walk off of her front porch because right. she'll fall 150 feet into a hole. Right. But she's like, I'm gonna stay here, goddammit, it! Yeah. For all it takes. <laughs> Basically. Yes. I hope they had support beams put. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. In 1992... Oh, no. Pennsylvania Governor Bob Casey invoked eminent domain on the entire town of Centralia, Pennsylvania. Otherwise, let's put this fucking thing out of its misery. And condemned every building in the town. The remaining residents tried to reverse this decision. So (laughs) these are the the people who are just... um, But it failed. In 2002... It failed because there weren't any handicap access rooms <laughs> to where this discussion was. And they were just like, no, you just really need to leave. Please leave. In 2002, the zip code 17927, Centralia's zip code... Was retired. Was revoked <laughs> by the United States Postal Service. I think that's unfair. I think you should retire it. And put it, like, on the wall... <laughs> Of the, no, of it like was the, revoked. It was no, flat out revoked. No, but you should retire it, like a jersey <laughs> well, number. Well, apparently that's not an option. But that sucks. That, no one in the post office is failing. So, on October 29th, 2013, <laughs> the last... How many people do you think are left in Centralia? I, I was hoping by 2013, nobody. I, I was thinking... And, and this I was is thinking, actually from all I could find, <laughs> this is to this day. I was thinking in 1992, there were like five so I'm gonna guess in 2013 there were I'm gonna go down to three, seven. Oh, okay, it was close. The last seven <laughs> remaining residents on October 29th, 2013, reached an agreement with state and local <laughs> officials that they were allowed to stay in Centralia until their deaths, and upon their deaths, their property will be claimed by the state through eminent domain. So once these seven people die, Centralia, Pennsylvania will literally become a ghost town. 
as long as their bodies get donated to science <laughs> for like what made them I'm so okay. fucking stubborn. I'm a, no, no, no. Like, like they're oh, inhaling all this. The, yes, yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine they're the healthiest people in the world. They're still hanging in there. At this point, they're just immune. <laughs> like they're the they're the yes <laughs> yes they're the immunes. It's making me think now. It's making me think of playing Fallout Four. <laughs> hold hold on, because we're gonna get to something okay. kind of in that vein. So. In the meantime, what the environment... Fucking, what a fucking weird story. Like, <laughs> yes. dumb, weird, goofy. It's just bizarre. Uh, perfect after our last two episodes. I know, it's... Uh, this is more it's than fun. I taunted. It's fun. <laughs> yes. Just, a community just died. Right. But not, like, you know, literally, but it, it didn't take any yeah. people with it, so... So, in the meantime, the environment under Centralia... Has been called as I, deadly. I was gonna say, I hope that didn't have a zip code too. <laughs> as deadly as the surface of Saturn. Oh god. Because of the fire and gas levels. It's it's still going on. It is still on fire. Oh my god. And it is estimated to burn for approximately another two hundred fifty years. That is disgusting. It's gonna keep burning. There's and there's no How does, to stop it. Oh my god. So Centralia, Pennsylvania is on fire to this day. And will remain so for well beyond our lifetimes. Now I'm thinking of Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, there are all these okay. video games. Okay, hold on. I'm almost there. <laughs> the town is mostly known now as a tourist attraction, where morbid people go on Halloween yeah. because of the abandoned feeling. In the, and there is literally steam rising from the cracks oh, in sure, abandoned yeah. roads and the whole thing. I hope they're wearing fucking gas masks, something. O- officials have removed references to Centralia and directions to it from road signs and buildings to discourage people from visiting, but people still visit. And unfortunately, a lot of the visitors are assholes who do shit like leave graffiti and yeah. take... Like, actually chip parts of people's houses. Like, people who are still there. The seven people who are still there. We still haven't... souvenirs. You still haven't been to Bolt Castle. We've been by it. Yeah, we saw it. We've seen it. Yeah. Um, We saw Singer Castle. We were at Singer Castle. Yes. Um, Bolt Castle, the first time I ever went there was when the state had just taken it over. And they hadn't really done much renovation yet. So, if you went on the second, third, fourth floor... Mm-hmm. All you saw was graffiti everywhere. Like Bob oh, because they were Bob still restoring it? Bob and Susan, 57. 57. Because, because that island... Bob and Susan, what he stopped. Doing? He stopped working on it in like 1910 or 11, and it just sat there. Is for Wolf like, the name of the guy? Uh, I can't remember. I think it was. Anyway, it just sat there for 60 years before uh-huh. the state was finally like, we should do something with this. Renovate this yeah, or, or but, but restore kids, it. But yeah. kids in the area would just go yeah. there and, you know. Because kids are stupid. For the most part. So, now here's where everything you've just been saying comes full circle. You ever heard of a little uh, video game series called Silent Hill? Oh, God. Oh, my God. What's, Is this... What's the the characteristic of Silent Hill? The... It's foggy, dark, like just. What do you think it was inspired by? Was it inspired by this? It's just fucking creepy. Silent Hill was inspired oh by God. Centralia, Pennsylvania. Absolutely. No shit. Yep. That is literally still to this day, uh, probably the creepiest game I've I ever played. I feel like I, I was like I feel like you've mentioned it before. Yeah. But in reality, Centralia, Pennsylvania is a town that's on fire and no one's ever going to stop it. And neither were the seven people that still live there. No, because once they're dead, which is not going to be 250 years <laughs> from now. Say, I'm surprised that they've hung on this long, but like I've, like I've you said. You know, they're, they're, like the, they're like people's grandpa who's like probably also has a cache of weapons because they think, so you know. this whole thing. <laughs> Sorry, I'm painting my nails. It's okay. Um, this whole thing started... In 1962, because some mm-hmm. dumb motherfuckers were like, well, yeah, just... The, the fucking leaders of the community. Yeah. which the is town council. Which is usually the dumbest people. Yes. Sadly. Well. Sadly. Um, All due respect to the Raleigh uh, City Council. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Kay. <laughs> but anyway, um, how could you not... 
And it's still on fire. It's still, it's still on, on fire. fire. Well, what are we talking now? 56 years later. Yeah. Almost coming Almost up to exactly. Mm-hmm. Almost exactly 56 years. A couple months, years. yeah. That's fucked up. So, and, and just and just stupidness everywhere. So much stupidity. Like, oh, we'll just light that on fire, and this retaining wall, this hole that we were supposed to like, and just and and what's the worst that's weren't. gonna that's what's gonna happen? Oh, it, it'll stay on fire for fifty eight years. Is what's gonna happen? And then, uh, so if it's expected to burn for at least another two hundred fifty years, we're talking three hundred years. I don't know how like the whole it's gonna have northeast to eat up all the or gas. the whole state isn't oh. like contaminated. Well, from so this the some... idea is the reason that the town, the whole town, is fucked is because it was multiple mines that were connected. But as long as those mines aren't connected to other mines in other towns... I see. There are like places all, There's places where it's sealed off. So it's not going to go... It's not... There are no tunnels. There sure. are no connections it's just, to other... It's literally... It's just the bottom... Under the whole town. It's the bottom of... Of this one place. When I get, a, when I get an excellent fire going. Mm-hmm. This... The coals. This yeah. town is the bottom of it. It yeah. just heats up and just stays that way and it's gonna stay that way for another if we're still here if there's still a fucking earth 250 years from now we're not gonna know but uh as in horizon zero dawn (laughs) (laughs) i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna throw out a spoiler i will not spoil it yeah but if you are on the fence of whether or not you should get that game get it and, and you will be if your spouse that. is on the fence about getting the game, discourage them. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm okay with it. I know it's okay. I do I'm spend okay with it. five hours at a time playing it, but that's only like twice a week. No. <laughs> <laughs> you work hard. You deserve to take a break. I have not played it since Sunday. You you're counting like an yes, addict. Yes, I am. Yes. <laughs> Should I give you your three day chip now? Yes, give, me, give me my pill. <laughs> been three days oh so that was the story of centralia pennsylvania so okay i mean that that, again great job thank you um light a light-hearted fun disaster it's absolutely a disaster (laughs) an entire town died yeah but not the people and it's still on fire (laughs) 58 years later. It's, we don't do a ton of, like, environmental disasters. No, but this is just... Oh, we've, like... I've never even heard of this. And we're going to get into oil spills and stuff, but usually there are human casualties, certainly a lot of, like, animal casualties. The animal, like, the wildlife casualties in this instance, we're not talking about a massive amount. It's not like the the BP oil spill or anything They all moved out of the area. Because it, they could feel something was I imagine wrong. a lot of animals yeah. escaped. Yeah. That's, you know, fingers crossed that's what happened. But it, it was actually, like, land died. Mm-hmm. It's, dis- it's disgusting. Died. Yeah, it's terrible. It's, like, really disgusting. I'm going to have to ask... All for coal. Beautiful coal. Beautiful, clean coal. Beautiful, clean coal. I'm going to have to ask Chad if he knows anything about this. Ever heard of it, yeah. Because he, he does work for... a. A division of the EPA now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. not not for coal though specifically, no. right? Yeah, we're not in coal country. But um, thank God, it's just dumb, disgusting. Well, and the the, and not the governmental thought, not thought incompetence yeah. that that led to it not being conti- well. First of all, the terrible idea to set the shit on fire to begin with, and then like yeah, over an old strip mine, let's start a fire. Like, are we not aware in coal country of the devastating effects of fire and fire plus mine that if it, equals that if bad? It gets, that if it gets hot enough down there. Right? Like, how are you going to put it out? Mm. You're not going to send firemen into an old strip. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, my God. Oh, can I um, digress slightly? I forgot a shout out. Quinn. Quinn Quincy. He's going to have to tell me which name he prefers to go by, Quinn or Quincy. Because he's commented on Facebook and on Twitter. On Facebook, he's Quincy. On Twitter, he's Quinn. So let me know, Quinn Quincy. Um, anyway. ANTM he... rules. <laughs> 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 I successfully indoctrinated you, and it's wonderful. 
you, but you, you, you looked like Tyra there for a second. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I don't know. It could be an insult or like a really no, big compliment. No, it was, it was a compliment. Oh, thank you. Yes. Queen Quincy. <laughs> that was it. It was a Tyraism? Yes, that was a, yes. Little tiny hands, little tiny T-Rex Tyra hands. Anyway, he tagged us on Twitter did you see this? Um, I, I, I have to show you. I've really not been on my phone really all day. Okay. Well, this Which was is like strange. yesterday or the day before. Okay. But he saw at least a um, shuttle, space shuttle. Uh-huh. And he was like, here's, he tagged us and he was like, here's the actual scale of what, how big these shuttles are. They're fucking huge. It was really cool yeah. that he gave some perspective on that. So thank you, Quinn Quincy. Please tell us. Well, I've you seen are. the um cuz I went there when I was like 10 to Cape Canaveral or Cape Kennedy. So I'm not sure if I believe Quinn Quincy is <laughs> I think I'm just going to call him Quinn Quincy. Anyway, let us know. Um <laughs> is from Texas cuz remember he suggested the Texas mm-hmm. City well, not the one we yeah. did, but anyway. Um, so I believe he was actually not in Cape Canaveral, but I think he was in uh, well, Houston. That's, well, that's where they land. They yeah. take off. and yeah. but, but I've seen yes. the tower, uh, like where it takes off from. I mean, well, I've been to Cape Canaveral. Fucking huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, it... We should go... We should do Disney After Dark and go to Cape Canaveral. I'd be down for that. It'd be really fun, wouldn't yeah. it? Sorry, everybody. Sorry. We're just like Sorry making about our, our vacation plans Sorry, we don't. We don't have children. So, we're sorry so we if do, you do fun things. Yeah, we can do whatever we want. And and now we're rubbing it in. I'm sorry. Yeah, for those for those who have children, we're terribly sorry. <laughs> and we, we thank you for listening. And um, because you're morbid enough to be listening to us, I'm sure you're doing a wonderful job raising your children. And yes. that's not meant ironically in no, any way. That's not. meant absolutely genuinely. Yes. Our fireside chat is over. <laughs> 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 All right. That was Centralia, Pennsylvania. May it rest in peace. May the seven residents who still remain there die peacefully of not black lung or something equally horrific. May but the they uh, probably will anyway. <clears throat> May the burn end hopefully two hundred fifty years from now. If not, yeah, we'll wait another two hundred fifty. What's an, another two hundred fifty? Yeah, what's what's a, what's a half? Yeah. What's a half a millennium? Eh, whatever. It's a quarter of a millennium. Well, if it did it twice, I was saying. After 250, oh. if it burned for another. I gotcha. See, I thought I was going to be able to catch you on something equally as stupid no. as when I said that the earth revolves around the sun <laughs> in one day. <laughs> we are in vacation mode, everybody. We are so in yes. vacation mode. Yes. I have, so, I have worked uh, 10 out of the last 11 days. You've worked really hard. <laughs> you've worked so hard. And today I had to do... Um, for about 20 minutes, 25 minutes, the version of uh, milking a cow, except I was milking a, uh, a huge mixer to get powder out of it. It's an interesting visual. Well, it's doing well, this. Well, I can see it. It's doing this for, <laughs> just imagine milking a cow. I, oh, stop. Okay, this is devolving yeah, we should quickly. Probably, we'll so probably cut all the rest of that. Or, or not, because Pay attention. I won't listen to any of it. Edit point. No, I won't. I won't edit any of this. I'm just going to put this all out. The we, we are just excited that we are going on vacation for a couple of days. Yay. And we can't wait. Bob, Jen, Omar, Carmen, Jason, we'll see you soon. Yes. And thank you, Sarah. And Richie and Colleen. Hopefully we'll see you guys Have too. you heard back from Richie? I did hear back. Awesome. Um, thank you, my sister Sarah, for cat-sitting our little shits while we're, while we're away. Yes. And um, clearly we are so fascinating at this point so we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're go gonna, away we're just gonna end all this. right this has been another episode of all bad things i'm david i'm rachel we'll see you next week